Welcome. You are listening to the Orange and Brown Turnaround Podcast. I'm your host, Jeremy Clutter, and joining me all the way from Kentucky is Troy Sexton. How's it going, Troy? Great. How are you tonight, Jeremy? Oh, fantastic. Fantastic. All right. Uh, a little introduction about our podcast. Um, we both decided, hey, we just want to bring entertaining content to not only Browns fans, but to fans of the game. So we're going to start out tonight with a segment where we're going to create a 53-man Browns roster with the players that are currently on the depth chart. So let's just get started right down the bat. Um, all right, we're going to start with quarterback. Obviously, Baker's a lock, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken. Um through 50 or wow yeah, restart there came out last season bounce back season 3500 yards 26 touchdowns and eight interceptions bounce back not throwing over 20 picks like he did in 2019 under freddie kitchens um and then case keenum as his backup Do you think there's any way we're going to have another quarterback on the 53? I do not. I think we are supposed to have a quarterback later in the draft that we discussed on the practice squad. Uh, due to Keenum's playing status next year, I don't think anyone can predict that to happen. Okay. So we're just going to stick with Baker and Case Keenum for the quarterback position. So two of our spots are already filled. Moving on to running back. I will let Troy take over the running back. Uh, in my 53-man roster for the Browns, the initial one, uh, I would have Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, and Jarius Jones as the alternates as the running backs. Uh, I would leverage that by saying that with the field that they were in in the draft after the season, I do think we could see another running back potentially replace Jones this time. Uh, I think that if Kareem Hunt becomes the starter, we'll have that Okay. Um, I agree with that. I too fear that their analytics is not going to value Nick Chubb as much as they should. Um, past two seasons, he's been easily a top three back in the league. But analytics just doesn't value the running back position as much as it, it should. So... Quickly moving on to the receiver position. Um, obvious, obvious three locks for me are Odo Beckham Jr., Jarvis Landry, and Richard Higgins. Um, I I think Donovan Peoples Jones is going to make the roster, though I do not think his spot is sealed on the roster, like the other three are. Um. Then behind him, behind Donovan Peoples-Jones, you have guys like Ryan Switzer, uh, Jamarcus Bradley, Derek Willies, um, JoJo Natson, who's mainly just a special teams product. Um, anything you'd like to add, Troy? Oh, yeah, I, 
I'm, I'm in agreement with you, and I'm, and I'm glad you mentioned you mentioned Jamarcus Bradley. I could definitely see him being the sixth wide receiver on the team, you know, instead of the grass. Uh, the one the one glimpse we got of him in game action, him and Baker really seem to have just basically the same kind of chemistry as he and Higgins did. Uh, he he went well over 100 yards in that game in, in Vegas, and also uh, Kadarrell Hodge. He is probably our best remaining special teams corner, so I think that that that'll probably be a spot for him uh, as well if we don't upgrade uh, at the wide receiver position. Yes, Kadero Hodge, that is who I forgot, as I just found my notes, and he is on my notes, so yes, Kadero Hodge, definitely on there. So, going to lock down Odell, Jarvis, Hollywood, and Donovan Peoples-Jones, who are the other two spots? Bradley and Hodge? I have Hodge and Bradley, yeah. Hodge and Bradley, okay, six more spots. Yeah, yeah, fullback being that this regi regime created for him, he's probably a lock on the on the roster. Especially, he was very very good in run blocking for us last year in the red zone. Okay, so we have fourteen spots already locked down. All right. And I'll let you take over the tight end position. Okay. Uh, the tight end, obviously, Stefanski loves the tight end position, uh, and we have some great ones, uh, down to the point where we can pay $6 million for our first 10 tight ends. Uh, but I have Beasley, Harrison Bryant, and J.C. Accord, and also Stephen Baldwin as my center. But that, you know, that's another one of those positions where we talk about it, we could be on the bubble. We could get another tight end. Barry makes life of Bryant and uh, get a little young and cornerback back kind of get there and make some corners. So that's definitely been my focus in lining up positions. Yeah, I agree with all of that. I have definitely Harrison, Bryant, Hooper, and Chief making the roster. Um, I think, I honestly think they're going to draft a tight end late, even though they are liking what Steven Carlson has brought to the team. But I I just I just believe this position is just so valuable to the offense as Stefanski runs. He just wants to add another body in that room. I, I, I believe they're going to carry four. If it's Carlson or someone they draft. Just be uh, Hooper's contract is voidable beyond this year, as well as in this is in Jacob's fifth year on his rookie deal. So we could definitely be moving away from two of those guys, but we would definitely have the potential to add another one if we had to. I agree. I agree. All right. So now we're going to move to the O-line position. We're going to go position by position along the offensive line. Um, I'm going to combine the tackles into one group, and I obviously your two starters, uh, Jedrick Wills coming out of his rookie season, um, and then Jack Conklin. Uh, Jedrick Wills, 
He was a really good rookie. He was a stud. Um, a couple rookie mistakes, you know, with uh, penalties, mainly false starts. Some of those were draft killers, but like I said, hopefully just rookie mistakes there. Then after those two, um, I have obviously Chris Hubbard as swing tackle. Uh, his contract is is a good size one that they could look to draft another tackle to replace Chris Hubbard. And then another person I have at the tackle position who is listed as a guard, but I think he played very well as a tackle during the wild card game against the Steelers, and it's Blake Hance. That's who I have as the fourth spot behind Chris Hubbard. I had Hance written down as a guard on my disagreement roster, but I agree. He could play either way. Okay. Which is really what you're looking for when you talk about moving on Hubbard and Hance down, is you need another guy who can step in and maybe replace that swing tackle situation. Exactly. And wasn't it Hance who had the story, like he never met Baker before that, before that game and introduced himself at halftime? Was that was it? It was Hanson. See, I just love that storyline for swing tack <laughs> on the roster for right now. All right, four more spots locked. Um, guard. And Troy, you can do the honors obviously, with guard. Obviously, you've got Petonio and Keller uh, as your starters. And I, I, a guy I really like is Drew Forbes, who opted out last year. And that's another guy just like Hans who can play inside or he can play outside, you know, in a pinch if you need him inside at a tackle. He could do that. Uh, those are my three guards. And also, I've got an asterisk beside him is to keep that Kent offensive lineman. I could see Michael Dunn also having a potential because he filled in at uh, short notice and did a great job for us as well. Mike, Michael Dunn is, again, in my roster as well. I think he played really good when it was his his time up, uh, especially against the, who was it the Steelers too, right? His short time against the Steelers. Yeah, he played really well against the Steelers. Amazing defensive line. So I I personally believe that they're going to take, they're going to have 10 O-linemen on their 53-man roster. That's what I had as well. Yeah, because like the tight end position, O-line is very crucial to this offense as every other offense in, in the league. Yeah, especially with Kendall Lamb leaving, you know, that puts one of our senior guards away, mm -hmm. so I'm sure we must keep an extra body just to offset, you know, not, the not knowing about some guys. Exactly. Alright. Center. I think there's two spots on the roster for center. If you get gutted and you lose those two guys, you can move your one of your guards to play center, like Michael Dunn. I believe he could he could fit there as well. But I have J.C. Treader and Nick Harris. Simple. Yes, sir. Holding down those two roster spots. Okay. It's done on the offense. So I am going to take over once again on on. Uh, defensive side of the ball. And I want to address the defensive tackle position first. Now that we lost uh, Richardson, who could 
come back. Chance of him coming back probably isn't the greatest, but he could come back for less money. Um, but as of right now, he is not a Cleveland Brown. So I think. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Okay, pretty bold statement from Troy there. Going to have Sheldon Richardson on his 53. Um, this one I'm though. Put him on my 53, just on the, the pretense that you said guys who are currently Exactly. So that's the only reason yep. I left him off. Yep. Okay. Well, with him gone, I'm going to be a make a bold statement here, and I'm going to place Jadavian Clowney at D tackle number one. I think what they're going to do is they're going to use Clowney, Tack McKinley, and Miles Garrett all on the field at once. So they're going to move Jadavian Clowney to a defensive tackle for the most part. Obviously, he'll still play the edge in certain packages, but I think if Sheldon Richardson does not return to the team, I think Jadavian Clowney will have a good amount of reps at D tackle. Exactly, race car package. And then below him, we have uh, the newly acquired Malik Jackson, who's just been a stud his whole career um, on the ending part of his career, but could still be serviceable. Then you have Billings, who opted out, was pretty solid for the Cincinnati Bengals. And then you have the uh, rookie, Jordan Elliott, who's coming out of his rookie year, who played okay, didn't really have many reps, but I believe we're going to carry four D tackles. Maybe Jadavian Clowney could be an edge spot on the roster, but I just think they're going to use him at, at DT more and just list him as a DT. Because of the familiarity of Jay Wood. Yeah. I completely forgot about Sheldon Day. Just acquired. Um, yeah, he's been he's been with, like you said, Joe Woods, and that familiarity could just give him a roster spot. Okay. Alright, and then I will let you go after the edge position on the D-line. Yeah. Yeah. I completely agree with all those all those uh roster spots right there. I will say I am in love with Curtis Weaver. 
what he was able to do to bring him in here was just amazing. When I watch Curtis Weaver play in college, he reminds me of Jabal Sheard, who is a former Cleveland Brown. But I think his ceiling is high, and his floor is also pretty high for being a late-round draft pick. All right, moving on to... I'm going to do linebacker. Just going to clump them all into one. Um, you have Anthony Walker, who was just brought in, who Darius Leonard, Pro Bowl linebacker from the Colts, cried about losing him. So I think if an all-pro linebacker is crying about losing that big of an as asset, it'll be that good of an asset with us. Then you have... Yes, I, I believe so too. He'll give John Johnson a run for his money to be calling plays. <laughs> then you have Mac Wilson, who I personally bought into the hype when we drafted him. He has been average at best. Just has, what, one career interception, maybe two. Um, He's just the... Only really, he's just a hard hitter, hard hitting linebacker that we have. I mean, to me, he's just been average. I think his spots on the bubble. Um, then you have, oh, go ahead. No, I was just, I was agreeing. Matt, this is a make or break for Matt Wilson, and if we if we draft a linebacker, I could easily see him being a top five linebacker. Exactly, and then you have Sione Taki Taki, who honestly I felt the same way after his rookie year. I thought he really didn't flash his rookie year. He, but obviously, he probably just didn't have as many opportunities as he did last year. Last year, he was a stud, really amazing run defender, and then he came in clutch in the wild card game against the Steelers with a game ceiling interception. I think his spot is for sure locked on on the roster, and then you have uh, Jacob Phillips who is probably one of the best tacklers I've ever seen. He, If he gets his hands on you, you're going down. It's just that simple. Well, the playoff killing win, the Week 17 win against Detroit, that was his first start in over 10 times. Just huge, massive. Exactly. He, Just the way he tackles, he reminds me of a of a – Ray Lewis, sort of. Maybe not as a, as of a heavy hitter as Lewis was, but he'll bring you to the ground every time he gets his hands on you. And then you have... Um, I honestly didn't get to this part in my notes. Troy, do you want to help me out here at linebacker? Yeah, uh, I think you just want to see Malcolm Smith. Malcolm Smith. Uh, former Super Bowl MVP. Uh, they brought him back on a one-year deal. I think he will probably make the team, but again, just like Mac Wilson, if we if we draft a couple of linebackers, he could just easily be out. Also, I had to like or leave uh, Mac Wilson in on roster just because he's our best special teams player. I think a lot of times those guys get left out when you're thinking about building your roster. You know, and they may they he may beat out a better linebacker just because of his special teams ability. So they can just sit down. Okay. Yes, I agree with with you on all of those. Uh, I just had it. I just couldn't remember the other two. Elijah Lee. It was just he was just 
awesome on special teams. He just got and he just tackled so many of the uh, returns. He just he was a really good special team ace for us. So I agree, his spot is definitely locked. And then Malcolm Smith, obviously Super Bowl MVP a while ago, but he just brings the experience room needs. So yes, that is linebacker. And then I will let you cover the corners. I agree with you on all of them. Um, the good thing about how this roster is built right now, if you start to lose corners, especially like we were last year, you have a couple of safeties who can play that slot corner position. And we'll get into that when we go to the safety position. But the one guy that I want to bring up that you mentioned was A.J. Green. He is... I, I just think he's going to be the sixth cornerback making this team. I think he's going to beat out Robert Jackson, even though he's a really good special team ace. I just, I am in love with A.J. Green's game. I think he can lock down the bigger receivers who are not the blazing speed receivers. I think he would have matched perfectly, yeah, I with the receiver A.J. Green. I think he would have played him the way Joe Hayden played him. Back in the day. As well as, you know, you've got an NFL today, especially the team we're trying to overcome with Keaton. You know, he's a big corner. He can slide in. He can cover the slot and still make the play. Exactly. And that, if you have someone who can cover tight ends like Kelsey, Kittle, that is just one of the most valuable assets that you can find. So... Just develop him, and he could be something special with time. Okay, so we're going to move on to the safety position. I'm going to clump them into one here. Um, you have, honestly, I think you're going to have three starters. You're just a rotation of three, and then they'll be three on the field a lot, a lot of the time. Good majority of the time, you have your three. Ronnie Harrison, who reacquired from the Jaguars. He has just been a stud. His contract is up after this season, so hopefully they'll extend him. And then your newly acquired safety, 
from the Rams, John Johnson the third, and then the rookie that you lost last year. So technically, this is his rookie season. And Grant Delpit, he has a lot to prove being drafted in the second round. You have those three, and then you have. Honestly, I think you're going to carry probably four safeties. And I'm just going to bring in Shelter Red uh, Redwine, who came up big in that wild card win over the Steelers. I, I agree with that. Those, those are all pretty sore in my mind. Okay. Then I'm just going to take over the special teams only <laughs> players that are going to make this roster. <laughs> um. Cody Parkey, I think, is a lock. I honestly don't think you can find a kicker right now who's going to beat him out. Um, with our luck with kickers, the, the chance of him not getting the spot is pretty low, to me, anyway. Then you have the Scottish Hammer at punter. He, it's a lock. I'm going to say it right now. No way he's not making this roster. And then your long snapper. Uh, gosh, dang it. Forget his name. <laughs> Charlie, Charlie Hewlett. Hewlett, yep. Yep. Honestly, me personally, <laughs> I think he's going to make the roster for sure. He always does. I think you could have someone else be the long snapper, but I I don't think they will. He's been the long snapper since I've been a fan of the team. <laughs> he's going to be. He's also the highest paid long snapper in the league as well. Exactly. So I think he's, he's a lock even though, I don't know, I think you could find someone else to do be a long snapper for you. But all in all, that is 52. You're one short. Well, that's, I'll go back and, uh, like I said, uh, Michael Jones, that was his name. He had the highest paid spot in the league for some reason. Yeah, it. Because I have Dunn, so Dunn's already on my on the on the list. So adding another receiver like JoJo Natson or Ryan Switzer would bring it up to fifty. He just only on the on the reasoning that he just had a serious retirement, which was crazy. Uh, and he had COVID, and he had he had some kind of bleeding, which was really crazy situation. And I'm not sure if it's still true if he has the right doctor. I think doctor is going to tell him to quit. I believe. I mean, I, I would hope so, too. And then, like you said, Switzer just isn't a receiver. He has he has value in that return game. He can be a punt returner or a kick returner for you. And he's he was very successful in college doing that. So, yes. Okay. That's our 53-man roster before the draft. Um, so, just want to go through. Let's try and get... I don't know. Uh, let's try try for six spots that we think are on the bubble. Like who? Like who are the six players we could easily cut to make room for our rookies? Uh, I've got Dionis Johnson, uh, Demarcus Bradley, Stephen Cross, Michael Jones. Those would be the four that stick out to me the most. Then potentially Robert Jackson. Cedric Redwine, he hasn't proven or lived up to that uh, selection status that he got. Okay. So, 
I'm a little shocked by the uh, red wine one. To me, I think he's a lock, but I mean, I could see it though. Make a good argument. He could be on the lock if they decide to draft a safety. So you think if we draft a, like a Bishop It's true. It is a really good point. Probably going to have three safeties on the field at once for a good majority of the time. He's calling the defense. So, yeah. Um, just to throw it in there, I'm going to put the long snapper in. <laughs> just because I, I don't know. I just think he could find a cheaper long snapper than what we're paying him. And honestly, I think one of your offensive linemen could easily do it. I agree. I don't understand my hate for the long snapper of our team, <laughs> but it just is. Um, all right. That was a good job out of you on that 53-man roster. All right, we're going to move on to our second segment and last segment of our first episode of our podcast. So we're going to play a little game for the second segment, which I've been looking forward to for a while. What we will end up doing is we're going to draft a coaching staff of head coach, offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, and special teams coordinator out of the 32 head coaches in the NFL. And we're going to create two different coaching staffs. Troy's going to have a coaching staff, and I'm going to have a coaching staff. I have decided to let Troy start out on the draft, and I give it to you. Wow, shocker right out the gate. Um, obviously, you you cannot not respect him unless you're a Steelers fan, because some for some reason Steelers fans don't respect him. But not not one losing season like you like you stated, and he is just brought just just everything about him is just respect respectable. And yeah, that's excellent. You took my defensive coordinator. Thank you, Troy. Um, all right. My head coach, you were the villain in that selection. I'm the hero in this selection. I'm taking Kevin Stefanski. One of the most just unbelievable starts he had to me. Just the lead of Brown. I know they have all the talent in the world, but this team just could never get it done. No matter the talent, no matter... We thought in 2015, after the 2014 season, that we were just going to be 13-3. and 
and we did the opposite at 3-13. and 13. Kevin Stefanski brought stability to this city. He brought stability to this team. And to me, without him, we are not in the playoffs last season. So I'm going to take Kevin Stefanski as my head coach. Very impressive. Took my OC pick. Thank you, Troy. <laughs> uh, he... we would differ on all of uh, you're just taking all my coordinator positions, not my head coaching position. Alright, for my OC, I'm going to take Sean McVay, coach from the Rams. He has never lost a game leading a halftime. Not one game. He was actually my second choice. Yeah. yeah. And to me, when he has a running a running game, he his offense is just unstoppable. Like when they had Gurley, it was just it was just over. Jared Goff was just throwing dimes when Gurley was on the field. Without Gurley this last season, it's it's just been a little down, but I think with Matthew Stafford in that offense, he's going to shine. So I'm going to pick uh, Sean McVay as my OC. really good pick he wasn't in my list but he is he is an amazing coach and an amazing human being he honestly if adam gase is the head coach of the dolphins last year they're going 0-16 only only brian was able to get what was it five wins out of that team last year without him that team is going 0-16 Yep. Or 2019. My, I'm sorry. 2019, I meant. In 2019, that team had no talent, and with him at, at head coach, he he got every everything out of that roster. That was just no talent in the sight. So that was a really good DC pick. For me, I'm going to pick a rookie head coach, Robert Sala. As my defensive coordinator, he in San Francisco just changed the game. He brought their rival Seattle Seahawks defense from the 2014-15 era back to San Fran. Just he just he even stopped Kevin Stefanski when he was with the Vikings. Just his offense couldn't even do anything on the field. I just like. How, how passionate he is. He, his players are fired up to play for him and just everything about him. 
and I just love Rob picking him as my DC. Very good pick. He was on my list as a special teams coordinator. Um, but he was not my first choice. You did not take my first choice. I am very shocked by that. I am going to take a uh, hated coach in our division, John Harbaugh. He, just his background and special teams, he, he has it. It's there. He's had success. And obviously being a head coach, they were good at just returning kicks. They were good at covering kicks uh, when they had, um, oh, what was that returner they had a couple years ago when they were in the playoffs? <sighs> Forget his name. I think this. Either way, the guy sent us the pepper in the Hall of Fame. Exactly. To me, outside of quarterback, Justin Pepper is the most important weapon in all of football. If you can get to the 45-yard line, Yes, I like I said, just everything about just his his background and special teams, just everything he's done for the game of football and how he's just turned that team into a superpower. Obviously, most of it is on the legs of Lamar Jackson, but he he is the reason for success there also. It. To bring it back to the returner, I cannot remember his name. I was I was stating Jacoby Jones. Yeah, I knew his last name was Jones, but I wanted to say James Jones for some reason. Yeah. I couldn't. I for some reason just drew a blank. I knew it was Jacoby, but for some reason I was thinking that was his last last name. But anyways, so my head coaching or my uh coaching staff consists of Kevin Stefanski, Sean McVay, Robert Sala, and John Harbaugh. Troy, you can name yours. Very formidable coaching staff. Probably... <laughs> that is true. Belichick was on my list. Andy Reid was not on my list, and I don't know why necessarily. When I'm picking my coaching candidates, I'm picking mainly just for future success. 
I guess I didn't make that clear in the game. I mean, it, it wasn't really a standard, but I don't think Andy Reid's going to be along in the NFL too much longer. I think he'll be done in five years. Exactly. He, I have, I am kind of upset at myself that I didn't even have him on my DC options. I didn't even put him on my list. I put four coaches. Sala was number one for me. Belichick was two. Three was Tomlin, and then four I had um, Mike Mike Vrabel. But yes, very fun first edition of our podcast a lot of fun a couple hiccups along the way but that's okay we'll get used to, we'll get used to those yes sir all right thank you all for listening to our first edition podcast uh, we will be back probably within next week before the draft we have plans on doing a mock draft for the entire first round i will pick all the even teams and troy will pick all the odd teams in the draft order, and we will have trades. I cannot wait to shock the world with my trade <laughs> coming up. But, alright, thank you for listening. You've been listening to the Orange and Brown Turnaround Podcast. I'm your host, Jeremy Clutter, and your host, Troy Sexton. Thanks for listening.